0: Hello everyone, welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon and as always I wish you a very good morning, afternoon or evening whenever or wherever you join today's podcast from. And uh, certainly in terms of joining today's podcast from, it's a slightly different one for me. You may notice that my a little bit to where you usually see me when you tune into this podcast, and certainly if you've watched the video versions, I am, as you can probably tell, in a pub. I'm in an Irish pub um, in uh, in South Yorkshire, in England, close to where I'm based, and uh, in the middle of, a, of a, an AV install today, so I found a nice, quiet corner um, within this lovely venue. So our, our thanks to the venue for hosting me, and let me see our podcast And uh, on today's podcast, we're going to be joined by somebody who's joining me from the other side of the pond, and not just the other side of the pond, but the other side of the USA. Joining me today from his base in San Francisco is the founder and CEO of Twine, Mr. Lawrence Coburn. Lawrence, thank you for joining the podcast today.
1: Hey, James, thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: And uh, as I said, you're in the beautiful city of San Francisco, which I was just saying to you off air before we hit record today that I had the pleasure of visiting um, back in 08 and would love to get back there at, at some point. And of course, very much the the, the the beating heart of of the tech industry, isn't it? Um, and very much uh, apropos to what we're going to be talking about with you guys today, because as I said in the introduction, you are the CEO and co-founder of twine um twine is is something that we've discussed on the podcast before and certainly anybody who is in and around the event tech world and certainly obviously we have a close relation to event tech live and all of those brands um they will be familiar with twine but for those for those uh, listeners who are tuning into the podcast today who have not come across twine let's get a bit of background first of all on its history and how it started and what it was set up to do lawrence
1: Yeah, sure. Let me give you the quick elevator pitch. So, so we're in the business of of virtual serendipity. So we, we try and recreate the conversations that used to happen in the hallway, the lobby, the bar of your event, of your office. Uh, and so we try and bring those sort of like magical collisions to virtual experiences, whether it be virtual events, whether it be virtual meetings. Um, and so that's the background, The, the way, the way we got here, uh, I think some people know, know my story. I founded a company called Double Dutch. That was a mm. fast growing uh, early leader in the mobile event app space. And my Absolutely. favorite part of that product was always just the, the networking that we enabled. Like it was a very social app. It was easy to find out who else was nearby, able to, you could message them. You could follow them on the app. And that was always, we, that was always seemed to spark the most joy out of anything we did over 10 years and so when we sold that business to to Steven that was the area that I wanted to continue to go deeper on just like serendipity brings software that brings people together
0: yeah and and the serendipitous part of that it, it always interested me when i first heard the story is that how many times have we been at an event where you know you you literally you, you bump into somebody you know Oh, have you, have you got an iPhone charging cable that I could borrow for half an hour? No, it's a, yeah, no problem, great. What do you do? Oh, and it turns out you both work in exactly the same sector. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the, the serendipitous part of going to events has always been part of the attraction for people to go there. But needless to say, as, as people's time constraints have become greater, uh, the opportunities for that serendipity to take place and, and to happen are, are fewer, aren't they? That's why we need platforms like this.
1: Yeah, that's right. In in most uh, if you flash back to the beginning of the pandemic, most virtual events didn't have any opportunity for that. It was all just content coming at you. So you have to in on like when you're when you're online, when you're virtual, you have to be intentional about creating those opportunities for people to bump into each other.
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. So Having established Twine as as a product and as a as, as a system, um, recently there's there been some major developments, haven't there? With some major, um, uh, you know, platforms that people will have become familiar with, particularly in the last two years. Um, so tell us a little bit about some of the developments that have taken place, you know, this year and and up to press uh, for 2022.
1: Yeah. So so the background is we started with a web version of our product, very very simple. Um, it was, it was easy to embed our web version in any other virtual event platform. We, we never had the intention to build a full event platform. So what we did was one thing, we wanted to be the best in the world, serendipity, we talked about it. So we built this web version and, and it was going well. We were partnering with a lot of the big event tech platforms out there, a lot of the big event services company, and we were growing, but we were, weren't growing as fast as I wanted us to grow. We were growing probably 50% year over year, which sounds really fast, but in Silicon Valley, um, that's not the expectation. The expectation is you are tripling. You are tripling the first yeah. couple of years and then you're doubling and then you're doubling again. And you have to get this thing called uh, escape velocity. You have to you have to be hurtling forward or people lose interest in you. And it's, it sounds insane, but that's the that's the climate in Silicon Valley. And that's what I'm used to. That's what Double Dutch did. True. So we started we started to think about, like, how can we grow faster? Um, and, you know, one strategy there is to bring your product, your experience to where the people are. Um, so with our web product, we were mostly running with a kind of traditional enterprise sales motion, like Mm -hmm. reach out, contact somebody, give a demo, uh, you know, uh, send a contract across, negotiate the contract, close the deal. Like it's slow, right? There's, and there's this whole new domain that's emerging called product led growth, where. How do you just release the product out there and drop it into a, a rising tide? Yeah. And so we started to look around. We looked at the ecosystems that we felt had promise. Um, and the one that we kept coming back to was Zoom. Uh, yeah. And so Zoom Zoom was building an app store, much like iTunes. It was very early days. Um, and it was private. It was private access. We had no way in. Um, and so as luck would have it, I, I bumped into a young founder uh, online named Helena Merck. And she, a fascinating woman, uh, probably going to be the next Zuckerberg or somebody like that. She's 22. She's a dropout from Duke University. And through her investors, she went through Y Combinator. Through her investors, she was able to get early access to the Zoom breakout room API. So she was building applications on top of breakout rooms, which allows you to move people around to other rooms. Sounds a lot like networking, right? Sure. I knew her company because we were competing. We both had a web product and they were one of the few companies that we, we thought was a really good product in our, in our space. Um, and so we, we get to talking and um, she makes it clear that she wants to team up. And this, this all happened very fast in about 30, 30 60 days, something like that. And this was about four months ago. And so we end up, we end up teaming up. Um, Helena wanted to go work on environment. Um, you know, she felt that was the problem of our time. Uh, and her team, her small team came over and joined us. So we went from zero to 100 within the Zoom ecosystem. And, and it's all happening right now. We just officially launched on Zoom, I believe, two months ago, eight weeks ago. And so it's, it's, it's all very timely.
0: And, and for context, we're recording this on Wednesday, the 31st of August. So obviously this podcast will go out at some point, I would think, in the next couple of weeks, so early September. So I think it's important to just give context as to when we're talking, Lawrence, so that people can then sort of identify this this timeline. And just like you said, how quickly things move in this sector and, and the, the pressure that, that, that comes with that. Because like you said, it, unless you're not going at 100 miles an hour, uh, uh, developmentally, financially, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you're, you're not seen to be doing what you need to do in the tech world.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, and things got very noisy during the pandemic. Uh, obviously there was tremendous growth, tremendous tailwinds when overnight, all in-person events stopped. Everything moved online. We saw stories like, like hop in. We saw that with the growth of Bizaba, we saw the growth of H- Hubelo, and like a lot of these companies raised a ton of money. So it's, mm-hmm. It got very noisy. And so if you're an event planner, event professional, you're probably uh, tired of the aggressive sales outreach that's coming from the event tech vendors. And and it's just tough to compete in that environment. You have to have an angle. You have to have a seam. And we found ours with Zoom.
0: Well, the, the integration aspect is, is, is interesting. And, and, and if I'm right and I'm I understanding how you sort of framed it to me, it's this idea that instead of you, you know, having salespeople and, and, and identifying organ, event organisers and people who could be using your app and go through the sales process, is you want people who are already using some sort of meeting platform, in this instance, Zoom, who think, oh, I want to do X, Y, Z with this. I want to, I, I've got 1,000 people joining for this event on Zoom. I want to be able to connect some of them together. Oh, I have a quick search in the app store. Oh, great. There's something I can use. Bang. And within five minutes, the sales process is complete. There's no contracts. There's no telephone calls. There's no back and forth emailing. Somebody looks for what they want to achieve. They can achieve it with this application. Install, subscribe, done. Uh, I'm yeah, all right.
1: Think about the apps that you have on your phone it is unlikely that a salesperson called you and told you about that app and and asked you to install it, right? Like you, you hear about it from a friend, you hear about it when you're browsing the app store, you uh, see it, maybe see some marketing for it. So it's a very different motion. And then from a sales perspective, we're still doing big enterprise deals, but but the way those come about, people grab the product, they use it for free. And what we're doing is we're just watching the dashboards we're seeing Oh that org over there suddenly is using a lot of licenses and they're over their free capacity maybe we should reach out. And then we talk to them we're like you know we have a couple of nice handy plans so that you don't kind of run out of access here. And so it just yeah. becomes a different motion. It's um yeah it's it's pretty fascinating and I think uh I think most B two B companies will follow a product led growth motion because it's just very efficient.
0: You know? Yeah, it must be great for your analytics because you know from a data point of view because ultimately I know that's what drives tech drives forward tech companies now, isn't it? Like you so, you know you, the, the the users, how people are using it, when they're using it, um, who is using it. Uh, it, 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 is being able to develop further so these sort of integrations are making it easier for people to use will know that I increase the users which automatically then generates more data for you to see how you could refine things further
1: yeah that's right the um you get faster product insights certainly this way so if you're trying to mm-hmm. optimize your onboarding flow you're pro- trying to optimize uh different templates like you're you're seeing so much usage like I, i'll give you kind of a vague data point but in eight weeks um We are now running at 3x the product usage that our web product ever did over six quarters. So the trajectory of the Zoom usage is uh, astounding.
0: It will be interesting to see what that curve is like over a sort of a a medium term. Do you know what I mean? That's over over three weeks. So we'll see, you know, the sort of the exponential curve, if that's the right phrase to use, you know, because I, I guess you almost sort of have this pyramid effect, you know, the more people using it, the more people are going to tell other other users. And if everybody tells two or three other people that do similar things, oh, there's this app now, you know, it'd be interesting to see how that data curve progresses in terms of users in the next three months and then three quarters.
1: Yeah. You're, you're thinking about exactly the right way. There's this beautiful viral loop that we're trying to, um, Cultivate, which is uh, a new host or a new planner comes online, tries Twine, they bring it to their attendees, and then okay. some percentage of those attendees become hosts themselves. And that's the that's the magical loop for us. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting because we're, we're not expert. It's, it's a lot more like a consumer facing business. Um, than it is a B two B facing business because the numbers are so big, the profiles yeah. are so broad. Yeah, we have a lot of event profs, but we have a lot of universities using it for virtual classes. We have a lot of nonprofits. We have dows and like three. Um, yeah, so it's like a, it's like a big tent of of users on Zoom.
0: Yeah, I didn't consider the sort of the academic uses uh, uh, of it in terms of how many universities and, and colleges and academic institutions now will be using still despite being post-pandemic, you know, platforms like Zoom in order to, to deliver um, to deliver sessions. And you've, you've almost sort of preempted it in a way, what I was going to ask next, which is the actual user experience. So that, you know, the delegate, the audience member, call them what you will, who are sat on the end of their laptop within this uh, Zoom event that's taking place. Do they actually interact knowingly with Twine or does it sit there in the background and then create sort of, uh, so the people there, do they have a, a, an understanding of the experience?
1: Yeah, well, we want them to because we want to create this loop. where like, oh, that was really cool. We want to use that for our own events. Um, but mm. one one of the really powerful things that Zoom has done is that, um, unlike the App Store for your iPhone or your Android phone, people don't have to install the Twine app to use it. The only person that needs to install it is the host is the is the event prof. Um, Everybody else can run in something called guest mode. So it's very powerful. It's, it's nice because it's low friction. Um, for us, we have to find ways to make sure people know that it is us so that we can get the benefit of that, of that viral loop. So that's, that's one of the sort of
0: trade-offs there. Mm, yeah, sure. I, I, I get that because there are instances of that in other scenarios. You know, I, I think of something simple. You know, it, it, maybe not as sophisticated, but, you know, when I've, I've used Google Forms before for certain events, to you know, to, to do, you know, simple, you know, registration processes for contractors who are coming on site, for example. And, you know, we need some form of integration there to be able to to send it on to certain people, which Google Forms doesn't do by default. You have to get a third party app to plug into that. And I found it. I, I, I applied it quickly, got it working quickly. It was easy to use, but I have no clue who that developer is. You know, as far as I'm yeah. concerned, I'm just using a Google form and that I've I've plugged something in to make it work in the way that I want it to work. And it, it, it forgive me if I'm sort of wider the mark, but it sounds a similar sort of scenario here where you, you, you need to find that balance of of easy integration and being able to get it set up and used quickly, but also to make sure that people understand that it's your brand that's delivering this particular aspect.
1: I mean our our challenge is so it's it's great that you bring up integrations because it's the right topic. Um The thing about building on Zoom is that we are fully integrated. It is seamless. Nobody goes outside of the Zoom window. Uh, You don't have to log into anything else. It all just works. There's no setup calls where you bring your engineers together with their engineers and say, okay, we got to connect these services. (laughs) That all just magically works. So the challenge for us as the vendor becomes almost the other thing where people just think that it's part of Zoom. And so nobody knows it's us. so that's, uh, it's just a funny place to be in because that's not that's not the way these things normally work. But it, it is nice from a planner perspective. This mm. thing just feels like it's part of Zoom, uh, which is really cool. It is.
0: It is. And, I, and I guess, you know, all of that said, I guess you can't deny that it is for, for Twine to be able to be integrated and to be able to speak about a brand that is now synonymous with video conferencing and digital conferencing a Zoom is a good thing for you guys.
1: It is. And I, I tell my team like um, new platforms are very of the scale of Zoom are very rare. You can count them on one hand, right? There's, there's Apple, there's uh, Android, uh, maybe there's Salesforce on the B2B side. Um, yeah. it's a very it's a very short list. Um, and we are suddenly there with a head start in, a, in an ecosystem that's 300 million daily meeting participants. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like it's once in a career from a tech perspective to be in early and have a bit of a head start
0: it's cra- it, it's crazy i i remember getting quite uh, on my high horse about zoom because you know i w- we were using zoom actually to record this podcast on you know for about 18 months two years pre-pandemic we moved over to zoom so that we could have video conversations with people record the content and then we would you know, dump the, the recorded video file and then do some post-production on it, editing and logos and things like that. But we were using Zoom for the to actually record podcasts for probably two years. And of course, the pandemic hit. And like, oh wow! Have you have seen this Zoom. We can all link up and you know, I, I was saying, well, I've been using it for years. You know, it's nothing new. But it was fascinating to see, really, how over, literally almost overnight, you know, this this video conferencing tech platform that a few people knew about and certain niche business and marketplaces were using for certain things suddenly went boom you know yeah. it, it, and i know that the pandemic was a terrible thing but nobody can argue that for, for certain tech platforms and for certain online retailers and things like that it, it was all your christmases come at once
1: yeah, that, that's right. And I think um, it's not like they were the first video conferencing platform, but they were they were the best one. And they happened to be there at the moment that the whole world needed something that just worked. And uh, and to their credit, they they mostly stood up during that incredible growth. That's no that's no joke to scale at that unexpected pace is a, is a is a shocking uh, technical achievement.
0: It, it is when you consider that within. So i don't know what it was like in, in 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 the states but certainly in the uk you know almost overnight everyone started doing virtual quizzes you know families were getting together it was a big thing in the uk doing a virtual pub quiz so i've i would love to see some of the web sort of traffic stats for zoom and use that boom on friday night in early april 2020 in the uk because there would literally millions of people on the platform in the UK. I'm sure having having sort of group group chats and group meetings. So I mean that that that's a whole other conversation here. Going forward with Twine, having established this this link with Zoom, um, what what are the opportunities now for doing similar with some of the other um, some of the other platforms? Is it as an exclusive deal, or are you looking to, to do things with Teams and with some of the other sort of you know similar platforms?
1: Yeah. Um, so, great question. So, b- building a developer ecosystem is a—it's uh, a rite of passage for the great technology companies of the world. You, eventually, you have to do it. You have to prove to the market that you can attract engineers that are going to build all of those features that you yourselves uh, cannot get to. Right. And that—that's the vision for uh, that for a developer platform. And that—and that's honestly that's why. That's why the iPhone has has done what the iPhone has done, is because you can find yeah. an app that does anything and it's all part, it's all integrated, it's all secure, it's not gonna steal your data. And like that, so under the, the umbrella of Apple, they they've made themselves unbeatable because of the developer reach. And that's yeah. that's what Zoom is trying to do. Um, who else out there could do it? I, I think it's a short list. Like you look at the virtual event platforms and you have to be quite sophisticated and evolved to, to even think about a developer platform. There's all kinds of headaches. I remember at Double Dutch when we were, I don't know, 25 million in revenue and 250 employees. Like we started to think about it, but there were overwhelming uh, challenges with it. Like you, you can imagine one developer app taking off and bringing down your whole system. Um, and like you have to, you have to build like rate metering into all the usage that all the developers wow. can only make so many API call, API calls during a given time. Right? It's technically it's a massive challenge. So I know some of the event tech platforms were trying to get there. I, I think Hopin had started. I know Bizabo had started. Uh, a few others had started to sort of signal their aspirations to build the platform, but they're not there. Um, hmm. The only other one that we see of scale with the developer kind of Technical chops to do it as teams, and they're, they're they've started. You can build Teams apps today. Um, they seem to be a little behind where Zoom is in terms of uh, having the endpoints and having the APIs that developers need to build full future uh, full functionality. Um, but they're but they're certainly going to get there. They're Microsoft. They're going to get there. Uh, so yeah, we have eyes on Microsoft. I think that would be the next one. For right now, we we have we're getting all we can handle with Zoom, so we're going to stay pretty focused there
0: absolutely um, we've been talking on the podcast today to Lawrence Coburn the CEO and co-founder of twine about uh, their their recent link up with zoom and when we say recent we are literally talking you know in the last few weeks so Lawrence it's it's been a real pleasure to talk to you about it today and um, particularly given the timescales that you guys are working within at the about we very much appreciate you sort of taking a bit of time out from what must be a very busy schedule at the moment to tell us a little bit more about it and please do keep us updated with it we were talking about this this exponential growth and and the growth line at the moment what you've seen just in recent weeks it would be really interesting i think for the readers of uh, event industry news to, to to find out how that continues to develop over the next uh, months and as i said maybe over the next few quarters of it uh, if you could keep updated with that
1: yeah, that sounds great. And I'll leave kind of event profs with with one thought, which is um if you care about the rate of innovation and the rate of new features on your virtual event platform, keep your eyes on Zoom. And and the only reason I say that, so Zoom events, you're gonna see a uh, uh, kind of a, a like an explosion of innovation from Zoom events because all of these developers are now building new features and functionality on top of Zoom events. It's gonna be very hard for other virtual event platforms to keep up. Uh, so if you like new stuff, it's it's gonna remind you of the early days of the of your of your iPhone app store, where there's, oh, did you check out this new app for, for Zoom events? Like that's the stage that we're entering into. It's gonna be a lot of fun. A lot of stuff is gonna be probably not work great, but a lot of stuff is gonna be, is gonna be wonderful.
0: That's amazing, and, and finally, I should say, if, if people want to find out more about what you guys are up to at Twine at the moment, um, g- g- give a shout out to any of the social media handles, LinkedIn, website, things like that.
1: Yeah, we, we are uh, we are Twine uh, all one word on Twitter, it's twine.nyc. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is next Thursday, September 8th, we are hosting an event uh, on Twine and on Zoom events with Zoom events and Twine together. It's twine.link slash pendulum. Uh, and you can find out more information on our website about that. We're going to be going deep with Dahlia uh, and Liz and a couple of other wow, key great. Yeah. Of influencers about kind of Zoom events and, and what they're up to. So it should be a good event.
0: That's fabulous. Thank you very much, Lawrence. And of course, if anybody wants to find out a bit more about what we're up to, if you're listening to today's podcast via your favourite podcast platform, don't forget to head over to eventindustrynews.com and check out all the latest news, features and special supplements that are on the website daily news bulletins and uh, email email notifications out there so make sure you're subscribing and of course the legendary Event Industry News A to Z supplier directory if you are an organiser looking for any form of supplier within the industry for your events check out that supplier directory. Of course if you are already on the eventindustrynews.com website hello to you thank you very much for watching this video today and please do head over to your favourite podcast platform search for the Event Industry News podcast hit subscribe and like and make sure that you're getting all the latest editions of the Event Industry News Podcast directly to your device so you can listen to those uh, audio versions when you are on the move. Lawrence, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. I know it's early morning over there in San Francisco. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is James Dixon. Thanks very much for joining the podcast and we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks, Thanks, James. James.